Welcome to a Pulp Event Podcast, brought to you by the Pulpnet, your link to the online world of the pulp magazines, since 1996, online at the In this Pulp Event Podcast, Patrick Scott Belk, an Andrew Mallon postdoctoral fellow in digital humanities at Dickinson College in Pennsylvania, and Nathan Madison, a researcher at the American Civil War Center in Virginia, and author of the Eisner-nominated book, Anti-Foreign Imagery in American Pulps and Comics, discussed the Pulp Magazine's project. It was recorded on August 14, 2015, at Pulp Fest 2015 in Columbus, Ohio. Pulp Fest committee member Mike Chomko introduces Patrick and Nathan. Nathan Madison's down here at the end, and this is Patrick Belk. Uh, they are the gentlemen responsible for the Pulp Magazines project, which is an internet site uh, dedicated to the preservation and uh, dissemination of knowledge and enjoyment about pulp magazines. Is that a little bit of a pretty, summary? Pretty fair. <laughs> All right, pretty fair. I like that. And you have, what, uh, several hundred pulps there now? I think about 320 right now. Okay. From all, there's uh, U.S. pulps, British, Australian, if I remember. British and Australian are pretty much token. Uh, okay. I think, right. I think there are two issues of British uh, well, pulps and uh, one Australian. That's more than I have, so. <laughs> all right. So, here they are. And uh, I, I think we have till 4.30. That's okay. when everything's shutting down, but um, most things are about an hour. I think, I mean, I guess we're going to plan to talk for 30 minutes. And well, that, that's yeah, great, and, and, too. Yeah. Whatever um, you want. If there are questions, I drag it out, then that's cool. Can we get that a little bigger? Can that, uh, Probably not. no? Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry to be a prima donna. Could we get the lights down a little bit? <laughs> 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 um, I had an order. Well, okay, so, so let me uh, let me open this up so that I know which is not. Um, so I'm I'm the master of just you know too many uh, PowerPoint slides. I think I have 32. Won't go through all of these, um, but I wanted to start with this one, um, and I guess would you like to start out saying something? You can start. You okay, just, you started it. Um, <laughs> Well, just real quick, I wanted to start out with this one, because um, this kind of has a lot to do with also sort of what we're doing now. Um, in the, uh, so, so I'm, a, I'm a postdoctoral fellow in digital humanities at uh, Dickinson College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And um, I have this little lab in the library. We've got a picture of it uh, here in the next, I don't know, 25 slides or something. Um, <laughs> thank you. Is that too loud? Not loud enough. Yes. Okay. Um, so, so this sort of three three part um, archive here has a lot to do with uh, sort of the stuff that we're doing now. Um, I just wanted to point out the one uh, on the far, what your left, um, the Modernist Journals Project. I worked there at University of Tulsa for um, what was it around 2006 to 2012, I think, and then I um, hiked it to uh, West Florida and. That's sort of the, it's kind of the, the first of these types of, of projects. It's sort of, uh, 
uh, you know, sort of high quality uh, PDFs and other sorts of uh, you know ways of delivering images uh, and text of uh, magazines and more or less focused on modernist, sort of high modernist magazines, like stuff that Joyce and Virginia Woolf uh, appeared in. And then the Pulp Magazines Project, um, it's actually the fifth anniversary of um, the, the plan to uh, create it. Um, David Earl sitting in the back there. Uh, we, what, skipped out of uh, uh, NEH seminar and uh, drove, what, 1,600 miles round trip to uh, bring me to my first Pulp Fest. And that's when we decided to, to do it. And so, you know, that one's on the, uh, the right there. And then the one in the middle, that's a new one from um, Cliff Wolfman, who built the uh, sort of infrastructure for the Modernist Journals Project. He's at Princeton now. And that's uh, avant-garde art magazines, uh, like European stuff. Um, so that was more or less just like a nod to sort of, you know, the kind of stuff that started it, uh, and then, uh, you know, and also it sort of comes back around at the end. Um, if I can make this work. I guess it's pointing this way, so you can turn around. Am I trying to turn my, my slide? There you go. Okay. Um, so this is another one. So we didn't pick the title, but Pulse in the Digital Age, uh, you know, and, and you always have to think about, um, I, I think think long and hard about titles that you didn't choose and sort of how are you going to live up to them. Uh, so from that first one, sort of the beginnings, this is sort of um, kind of what's coming next. And so sort of, you know, when you ask, um, you know, about you know, well, what is it as a website or is it a library or, 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 or what, it's sort of, you know, a lot of different things. Um, these are, one's called nines.org, the other is uh, modnets.org. Um, modnets is sort of 20th century literature, uh, 19th century literature um, for nines. The one in the middle is um, sort of the Interface for Advanced Research Consortium at Texas A&M University. And it's a sort of an umbrella aggregator of these aggregators and more or less they, um, using linked data, draw, uh, like, you know, so you go to the Pulp Magazines Project, you can look at the magazines and stuff. Um, they draw those sort of, you know, into their interface, and so you can search for them. And actually, um, when it's, ModNets isn't actually uh, up yet, but it will be soon. Um, when you do that, you can, you can choose, uh, you know, say I want to see British uh, magazines. You know, it'll just show British magazines. You can search across those. Um, or um, something I'm actually really interested in is uh, I would just like to see uh, you know all the magazines from these three sites. Um, so these three sites, I mean, there there are a lot of holes here. Uh, there, there are a lot of other types of magazines, but I think these three um, represent a pretty uh, you know I don't know pretty complete um, idea of the stuff that um, you know I would like to sort of model against one another and sort of think about together. And so you got Pulp Magazines, uh, which you know, everyone read, uh, you know, they were huge, they sold in the millions. Um, then you have you know, these avant-garde art magazines, which might have had one issue and it sold two issues, and uh, then the guy gave the rest to his brother or something. And then the Modernist Journals Project, which um, another sort of idea for this, uh, this project, and sort of you know, what got me excited about it, was um, David Earle's book, Recovering Modernism. Um, and sort of how 
English departments, literature departments, uh, you know, sort of focusing on uh, you know this one slice. I think it's you know some some uh, minuscule number, zero point zero one eight percent of the total production of magazines at the time. Um, the Modernist Journals Project, you know, I, I adore it and everything, but it does sort of, uh, you know, would reinforce that sort of idea, uh, you know, in, um, at a time when we actually have the ability to, uh, you know, sort of, you know, find those other magazines and sort of, you know, like compare those. Um, this is probably going to be up within the year. Uh, the ModNets, um, it, it will have other uh, sort of nodes. I think it's up to 37 or 38 right now. Nines, 19th century, I think that's got around 172, around 138,000 different um, books, magazines. And you can search, it has a central ser uh, search interface and you can just sort of compare them and stuff. Um, but Pulps in the Digital Age, that, that's pretty exciting. So. I believe that was my sort of okay. <laughs> um, introductory. Uh, I'm Nathan Madison. Uh, I came on board with the Pulp Magazine Project, uh, I guess a little bit after my, uh, my last couple months of uh, graduate school down in Richmond, uh, I started a blog, uh, Argonauts, named after the letters page of the Argosy. Every time I see Walker Martin here, uh, he always tells me I haven't updated in like two years, and I, I, I'm well aware of that, Walker. Thank you. Um, <laughs> But uh, I haven't, haven't had a chance to do that. But uh, what I had posted on there were uh, an article kind of cut up into several, several pieces about uh, Frank Muncie. And uh, that eventually got published in uh, Blood and Thunder at Hulse's magazine. And then I think you saw the, the I don't think you saw the Blood and Thunder, you saw the Argonauts post, mm, right? Blood, Blood and Thunder. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, anyway. I, I bought it. Oh, okay. I, I hadn't met um, Nathan yet, but yeah, I like, so I bought it. But uh, yeah, I got an email from Patrick asking if I wanted to uh, contribute a history of the Argosy for the Pulp Magazine project. Um, and that went from writing that to writing a couple other histories to uh, joining kind of the editorial board in the sense that uh, a lot of the emails that people write into the magazine, uh, I go through and try to help out. We get a lot of different uh, questions, a lot of research questions um, from people who are just curious about the magazines, but also people who are actually writing their own works, talking about copyrights, uh, who wrote what story when, what, uh, who owns copyrights to what images. And I try to either uh, answer their questions to the best of my ability, or I direct them to somebody who, who is a little bit more knowledgeable in that particular area. Uh, sometimes we get questions about people uh, from, from people who found the Pulp magazine in their uncle's basement and was wondering how many summer homes they can buy when they sell it. Um, <laughs> So you get a couple of speculation questions, not, not too many, not too many. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I try to answer a lot of the questions that come in. Um, one, one story in particular I have as far as uh, the emails that come into the Pulp Magazine project, uh, about a year, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, I got an email from a gentleman, and I'm, I know I'm going to mangle his uh, name, but he's not here, so he won't yell at me, uh, Jiri Volik, a man in the Czech Republic. And he was writing the Pulp Magazine project because he simply just wanted to show his appreciation for these titles being posted. He, uh, he wrote this, a number of really, really great letters, and I wrote an Argonos post talking about it, um, how he was forced to learn Russian when he was a child, but now he's trying to learn English. And a lot of the kind of classic books like Jack London and a couple other folks he felt were too complicated for him, so he started... Uh, 
reading the stories for, for story's sake, but also helping him to learn English a little bit uh, through the Pulp Magazines project. And he was uh, thanking us for that. And, and that, was, that was a really, really great uh, discussion I had back and forth with him. And it was interesting, and this, this testifies maybe to the success of the uh, project, uh, as his letters went on, his English actually got better. So uh, the Pulp Magazines were doing a good job. But he was just talking about how much he loved uh, John Carter and Tarzan and uh, how when he was younger he would get in trouble if he was found reading them. And that's not his uh, parents getting mad at him. It's, you know, communist jackbooted thugs coming after him for reading imperialist stuff. So he was, um, he was really grateful for that, and that was one of the more interesting letters. But a lot of the questions we get, like I said, are research and uh, copyright questions, I'd say, for the, for the most part. And a lot of donations, too, several, like Mignola. Yeah, I guess that's cool, though. I guess, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. I guess I already do. <laughs> um, well, we... Huh? Well, uh, yeah, we had uh, recently, we had, um, if anybody's familiar with the creator of Hellboy, uh, Mike Mignola, he, uh, he sent the Pulp Magazine Project a collection of uh, weird tales that uh, we were going to get digitized and put up, and that was really, uh, really nice of him. We appreciate that. So. Um, so I just realized there, we had a little awkward moment because I wasn't sure if, uh, I, I don't think we had talked. Um, so we got this mystery box, and uh, I open it up, and it's um, just, you know, first issue of Strange Tales, um, you know, really rough shape, but complete. Um, and other than that, mostly uh, Weird Tales magazine. Um, the address on the box, I sort of, you know, Googled it. It looked familiar. Um, so it was Mike Mignola, and uh, we had this long sort of, I don't know, wanted to tell people about it, but you sort of have to respect people's privacy if they don't want people to know, um, or, you know, just don't want to have anything to do uh, with it. Um, I think the night before last, I found the email from back in April that his wife actually emailed me and asked for my address, which I completely just forgotten about. So. Right. Um, we weren't sure whether, yeah. So was it okay if I said that? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, so. it's out there anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, my turn? Yeah. Uh, did we start at three? So we started at three, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, like three, oh. six. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> this is every time. Uh, I think we're on slide three out of 32. Uh, we, won't, we won't look at all of them. Um, but a couple of things, so this, this is, I, I found this, oh, it's cutting off the top. Um, I was looking through my um, sort of folder of like, sort of like I, more memorabilia than anything else. Um, this is a screenshot of the original uh, page, which is, uh, it's, it's, it's really just, I mean, it's terrible. Um, it looks like almost drawn in crayon or something. Um, and the sort of quote there, um, I like that quote, I mean, it, it, I guess it, I could be embarrassed about that or something, it, it's like it's sort of full of this uh, like sort of cocksure, um, we're going to change literary study in the 20th century, that's, that's really funny. Um, but I like it, and especially I like it next to uh, this photo of uh, my terrible uh, HTML skills at the time. Um, <laughs> so. We, yeah, we, we had no idea what we were doing, and, uh, but we were going to uh, change everything. It, it's pretty funny. Um, so pretty much for the first five years, uh, and I say 2010, that's more or less when the idea you know, got started. Uh, the actual site launched in uh, 2011, 
Um, actually, you know, right before I came to uh, the second Pulp Fest. So again, it, it's kind of cool that uh, this is like the five-year anniversary now. Um, but more or less the first version of the site, you know, it sort of centered on this archive. Uh, you'd go uh, click on, you know, one of the titles. Uh, there are 64 titles. Um, you know, choose one of the magazines there. Um, pretty, you know, kind of, I don't know, it, it's as complete as I can afford um, to make it. And you would have sort of page images, uh, PDFs or uh, these, these flipbook things. And, you know, none of it was searchable. You couldn't actually, uh, you know, there wasn't a search bar to, to find anything. It was just, it was just uh, page images. And then there was this sort of context page that had some, you know, neat stuff on it. Um, but more or less just a static website that, you know, you, you had to go and find it. You had to know what you were looking for um, or just, you know, explore pages and pages to find things. And um, so it was pretty much if you, you know, I, I think for the most part people would just go and download the PDFs and, you know, read them later. Um, so it was more or less a sort of a hosting for, you know, here's a bunch of material, like, you know, go home and read it or something. Um, but again, you know, we sort of, I don't know, people, um, people liked it and sort of were happy that, um, you know, I mean, you'd be surprised, uh, or, or maybe you know, um, most people just sort of think they know. Um, and, and, and I guess I did too, it was sort of, uh, you know, um, pirates and naked girls, that's, that's, that's what's uh, in Pulp Magazines. Um, and, and that's sort of, you know, that's sort of the, the general uh, conception, probably something to do with the, the Pulp Fiction magazine um, uh, movie. But, uh, you know, it it's sort of served its purpose. Um, it got on a couple of, I'm always looking for this stuff because, you know, I'm always interested in how people are, 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 are using it. Um, let me make sure I can read that. Uh, these are just two of them. A uh, couple of classes at, what, Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, I think, yeah. Um, and then uh, Rutgers University. Um, there are a couple, you know, here and there, uh, other places, but sort of, you know, people are using it. They're sort of, uh, and these are both uh, uh, descriptions of courses, and then, you know, there's like a whole uh, syllabi, and they use, they use the magazines, and uh, I think the bottom one there used uh, amazing stories. And, you know, it's still sort of, I, mean, I, I guess the idea was if you read them, it would be difficult to say these things that, you know, people just sort of assumed um, yeah, modernist literature is, uh, you know, stylistically more complex, something like that. You know, pe pe people just naturally take that for granted. Um, and just sort of in the language, you know, so how it's being used, it's still being used sort of as a, an inferior brother or something, you know, it's like, oh, and also here's some context, some crappy literature. Um, I appreciate, you know, that people were using it. Uh, it was great, but it still wasn't really getting um, sort of the point across that I, I was hoping it would. And I guess with a project like this, you don't really want to frame it for people, you know, give them, here's the magazines, here's how to think about it. Um, you sort of let them, you know, kind of, you know obviously uh, don't want to um, you know, force your opinion, but it, it was still a little frustrating. Um, the bottom one here, and I'm, I'm not complaining, I, I, actually I'm a friend of Andrew's and uh, he's, you know, he's a great guy, but um, the problem here, you know, I believe it was the first two issues of Amazing Stories that he was including in his class. 
And um, you know, to sort of, I mean, out of all the pulp magazines, if you're going to say that those are you know, like not literature or, or, or something, and then you look at them, it's like, well, it's Jules Verne and H.G. Wells and Edgar Allan Poe. Who, who doesn't consider that literature? Um, so it's you know, still even if the idea is to I don't know, contest those ideas. You're still sort of presenting it as here's you know, sort of reinforcing stereotypes that uh, the whole idea was to sort of get people away from that. Um, one of Kurt's students, I suppose, Scott, probably, uh, so PhD dissertation, 2014, uh, Jason. I've seen Scott Carney. Um, Jason's dissertation here. here. Here's the first uh, paragraph, and you know it's still sort of. I mean, it's you know it, it's in support of um, kind of the whole idea, but it's still falling into that trap of comparing it to uh, you know modernist is this, popular is you know that other thing. Um, that's always you know opposite of it. Um, formal experimentation, technical innovation. This is actually a neat one. Um, so talking about weird tales, uh, what is it, Anthony Rudd's uh, ooze? So you can find the full text uh, on, I think it's archive.org. Um, and this sort of transitions into uh, the next part. So you can find that text on archive.org, like the full text, plain text. And um, a colleague of mine, Matt Coaches, uh, we were given the chance in, what, 2011 to uh, uh, digitize the but I think the third, third printing of, um, or the number three of the first printing of James Joyce's Ulysses, uh, which appeared in, um, let me check, Little Review. I knew it was up there. Um, little Review in, actually a little bit earlier, but officially published in 1922. Um, and so you can find those two texts, and you can actually, you know, you, you can sort of test that out, like, well, um, are issues of weird tales as you know, technical, uh, complex, innovative, uh, experimental as something like uh, James Joyce's Ulysses, which is sort of the typical um, great experimental novel uh, of the 20th century. And so it sort of goes into this like next uh, part of mine, but I thought I would pause the dry talk and <laughs> um, well, I would just say uh, talking about how it's kind of uh, how the idea is to kind of challenge uh, preconceptions of the pulp magazines. Um, I'd say some of the uh, questions we've gotten in the emails have been from folks uh, here and in other countries who are writing uh, academic works about the pulp magazines um, and who are asking questions about, like I said, further resources and. Um, Again, just showing their appreciation. But outside of even academia, I've had a number of folks. I've been to um, a couple of uh, conventions down south, particularly in Richmond, where I've put out uh, flyers or had ads for the Pulp Magazine's project in their uh, programs. And a lot of people have uh, written in or, or talked to me when I've seen them and said that you know, I didn't really understand. I, I really had no idea what Pulp Magazine was. I just considered it was probably sleazy, you know, something or another. Um, and I think that I think it's kind of challenged how people conceive it both academically but also in the general scope of things. I know a, a number of people who, um, actually I've had a number of people who tell me the first thing they like is that when you turn the pages there's that little yeah. sound. Like, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's what you come away with it from, great. But um, 
But in addition to that, though, they're um, they're actually going through these magazines and saying, like, I didn't realize the term pulp magazine could mean something that had so many genres as action, adventure, romance, science fiction, etc. Um, so I'd say, um, like I said, in both of those spheres, I think it's done done pretty good. Sure. <laughs> more more dry time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. So as, as part of my position at uh, Dickinson, I, um, I have this lab. I call it a lab because I like to think I'm a scientist. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's more or less just a room, but it's got uh, four, um, four computers, a uh, couple of different kinds of software, pretty cool software. Um, and I have student interns who are, who are undergrads um, come and, and more or less what it boils down to is we're just sitting there reading pulp magazines and they get paid for it and I get paid for it and so um, it's pretty nice and the um, the sort of the thing that we're doing I mean, we're pretty much taking plain text and uh, using XML tags uh, like structuring uh, like this is a header this is a uh, author's name you know putting little brackets around it um, it's a machine readable language so you can run it through a computer and it, it sort of knows, um, okay, that's that and that's that. And um, this is the search interface. So it's a little bit out of order, but I wanted to um, have it next to this one so that, because um, we didn't have an internet connection. Uh, if you go up to, does this have a, well, okay. Uh, blue one there and click on that. It'll take you to this page. Um, this is still being developed. It's a it's a PHP script. So you put in your search term, punch the button, it goes and looks for it. It's a pretty uh, primitive. I'm an English major, so for most English majors, it's it's pretty fancy. But uh, anyone who actually does this stuff would 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 say it was just uh, you know um, silly. But but it works more or less. Uh, <coughs> If you, because we were in Columbus, I searched for Columbus and took a picture. Um, you know, if you search, it, it will show you the first 50 words um, and the second 50 words on either side of it. There are actually only 22 magazines uh, in it now because uh, over uh, the first part of the summer, uh, we completed, well, 22 and 8 before. Um, so it, it, it's still, it's, you know, it's still kind of just beginning. Um, but out of that 22, uh, out of those 22 magazines, uh, I believe there's something like, I've got a figure here somewhere. Um, now there are 1.6 million words, and I think 619 items including, um, I think, 30-something advertisements. Um, this is actually, th this is what uh, it will look like when it's finished. The other thing, so you can search that way. And then if you see the, I'll walk over there again, but um, below the two search boxes, if you see that, it, it's a little gray button there. Um, if you click on that, it'll take you to this page that looks like this. And this is pretty much kind of a, it's a little bit experimental. Uh, I, I've never really seen anything like it. 
Um, but it sort of fits into the whole kind of kind of plan. I mean, it's sort of different stuff. Um, whole idea is sort of you know take it sort of take it from that sort of context that we recognize. Oh yeah, that's like pirates and naked women, and to put it in a different context and sort of look at it differently so that it's not um, you know sort of encouraging sort of preconceptions. Um, so this little search bar, which, which I won't talk about, the, the, the silver thing there, um, you can go to it. More or less that loads all of the text into uh, another site called Taper and you sort of like do frequency analyses and stuff like that. Um, but it looks like this. So this is the sort of the when you first enter it. And you can do a lot of things here. Um, mainly, this is just to sort of show like kind of the the workflow here. So you go there, go there, go there, go there. Um, this sort of network analysis is sort of you know takes into like people, places, things. I believe um, you can do a lot of stuff with it. The if you'll notice each of those pages. So this is more or less a table of contents. So you can just look at all the tables of contents together. Um, you can click on stories, it'll take you directly to that, um, that story, and you can click on uh, the, uh, the network graph that I was showing earlier, or or go directly to the magazine. So these are just HTML versions. Um, the way it looks, um, it's kind of arbitrary. Uh, we, we actually started out, we wanted it sort of loud colors so that we could identify stuff because we're sort of building and we have to be able to see like, okay, that's wrong. Um, whenever you mark up a title, uh, mark up an author's name, mark up a you know, page number, you know, paragraph, whatever, um, and you just sort of you know, look at it, it, it just looks like text. It, there's nothing there. Um, but then with the style sheet, you can sort of turn it into colors. And so you're telling the browser, hey, this is an author, make it a big brown box. Um, so you can actually, you know, it, it'll sort of show you the stuff. Another thing, uh, each of these are, it's broken up into pages and you can click on the view facsimile and it'll show you the, um, the page image there. Um, and this is just kind of some, some, some views of the, the program that we're doing. Uh, this is the, you know, more, more or less just reading Colt Magazine. Uh, we, you know, sort of loaded into these, this is a railroad man's, uh, I believe from 1911. Um, loaded in there, and that's what it looks like, it's just plain text, and then we start um, putting marks around it. A lot of this is automated, <coughs> uh, not by machine, but you know, we sort of can take it and can actually identify patterns, so whenever uh, page number and the title of the magazine are in the corner, that's gonna be you know, page break, stuff like that, and so it, 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 it's not as much typing as it looks. Um, here are the pages, this is a black mask, uh, so you have the, uh, the text over there, and, and we sort of do it, you know, we have two screens, and so uh, you have the image, then you have the text, and you sort of kind of compare and can, you know, make sure that it's uh, um, sort of, you know, more, more or less the same. Uh, that's after the HTML, and these also, you can just sort of do things with them. These are just kind of things we're playing with, uh, different ways of uh, doing it. Once you have things marked up in XML, you can more or less just say, um, or write on the uh, CSS, you know, change anything. And so whenever you bring up 
uh, whatever uh, it will, so, so you don't have to change each individual uh, page. You can just sort of do it all in that one uh, style sheet. So, so, so it ends up we play around a lot because um, it's easy to you know fix it. The the mod nets. Um, what are you doing on time? Thirty nine. Uh, real quick. So the mod nets. Uh, this is a sort of. A really exciting part of this, and it's also based on like an XML language, but it's a, a, a rich descriptive framework. I think uh, it's like a leaked data semantic web type of um, uh, model, and uh, you more or less you, you you tell the site, okay, when you come to the site, here's where the black mask is, here's where the uh, amazing stories is, and it'll find those. And so when you have, I don't have that picture. So when you have this central uh, search interface, uh, you can look through, I don't know, anything written in the 20th century. I want to find you know, where something is mentioned. And it'll show you sort of all of those, uh, regardless of whether it's a pulp magazine or uh, you know, some hoity-toity uh, modernist magazine or uh, you know, sort of a, 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 a worker's trade journal or, or something like that. It'll just sort of show you the searches. And so it sort of um, kind of takes you away from the sort of identifying markers of, oh yeah, I'm supposed to read this differently, uh, and sort of, you know, sort of jumbles it up a little bit, but in a way that uh, you can actually sort of see it, you know, like not, uh, see it clearly, I guess. Uh, it might be the last one. So I actually made it through all 32. <laughs> okay, well. Quick. Um, well, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I left most of the technical information to Patrick since he's the one that does all that. And I'm more of the, I, don't know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say public face, but like I said, most of the contacts we get usually come through me. So if anybody has emailed the, uh, the Pulp Magazine project, I'm probably the one that responds to you. Um, Real quick, I, not jokingly, but um, so, I mean, we're not, we're not that big of a deal. Um, but I jokingly refer to him as the communications officer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, not, I'll, I'll take that. Not, sure. not, not officially. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a title. I'm the communications officer. Um, and uh, and as, as an aside to that, when I first uh, kind of signed on and got the emails going and everything, um, I thought my email would show up as, I think it's like info at pulp mags. So I just used my Gmail address, which was uh, named for a 1940s superhero, uh, Professor Supermind. Um, I didn't realize that that would show up when people would write and, and write back. So I, I realized. It's funny because they're asking questions and saying, yeah. Professor Superman. And I know I sound, like a, I sound like a pompous ass when, when I'm responding. And it's, and it's supposed to be a serious academic site. Yeah, so I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I think that's I think that's. But uh, I was going to say when, um, when uh, the gentleman from uh, the Czech Republic emailed us, he said, like, oh, professor. You know, I'm like, no, that's, that's yeah. not, I'm really not Professor Supermind, in case you were yeah. wondering. So. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I said, as far as uh, public face goes, um, I've, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from um, conventions I've gone to, uh, people I know who have, um, like I said, in um, academic circles, I know um, some folks at VCU who are uh, using it in the, in the English department who are, uh, talk, who are talking to me about maybe using it in some of their studies and everything, their classes. Um, so on the academic side, I think it's done really well, and uh, certainly in the non-academic side, people just learning more about the pulp magazines. I think it's I think it's been great, and glad to have been part of it. 
I guess. Yeah, me, question. So are you limited only to public domain materials or are you able to go to some copyrighted stuff as well? Uh, we have been in contact with four people. Uh, if you go to the site, anything uh, that has, uh, there's a sort of, uh, what does it say? Um, there's the, a little copyright notice the at the bottom that right. says, you know, thanks to someone, it'll give credit to uh, them. I think the, like, of all the people that I've asked, only one person hasn't emailed me back. And I, I don't expect to do that, it's like years ago. Oh, okay. But for the most part, I, I think, um, and the I mean, there was one sort of rough, patch but uh for the most part uh but they got clear i mean that was were cool about that's it. fine now i mean yeah, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah so do you have organizational or institutional backing so that this thing has become permanent i've, I've used the pulp magazine project i love it and i keep thinking wow if they could just get more stuff in, i mean that was yeah i mean that was sort of part of it it, it you know sort of that i i don't which is why i like the professor supermind um <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of like that kind of looking at it uh, and sort of realizing, we sort of thought it would be, I don't know, it would sort of change everything and someone would uh, offer you a bunch of money. And <laughs> I'll change to, the name, I not, promise. Not to so. sell it, but to, <laughs> to like host it. Um, it's actually not hosted uh, yet. I, I just sort of thought that would happen. It's a, a, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's sort of such a, um, a no-brainer, but it, it is permanent though. I, you know, I, I, I've told uh, people, I mean, it, it's, you know, if I get hit by a car, um, probably be a little problem there. But <laughs> for um, you, yeah. So the, wait a minute. You're the owner, or your university is the owner? No, it's yeah, it's mine. It, it's it's not on their server. It's not on. They um, they more or less pay me to. Uh, I mean, I I could be doing anything as long as I do the um, sort of as long as I have a project to work sort of thing. So 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 it's really not connected to Dickinson at all. Um, but no, I, I, I've joked before. I would, I would, you know, not pay rent and not eat if I had to in order to keep it up there. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> have you thought about using the text that you're gathering um, to do textual analysis? I know, like with the sure. Federalist Papers, they they were able to determine, you know, which were John Jay and that sort of thing. Um, you know, there are a lot of house names that people aren't certain who. Was behind them. Well, so that's not. I think you shut it off. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I, I was going to show you. So uh, yeah, we have, and we're doing a lot of that stuff. Uh, that's the, that's the one I thought there was a slide up there, uh, but there's not. Uh, so you're talking about like like, like author attribution mm -hmm. so, uh, stuff. Um, there's actually a, a computer science uh, professor that uh, I'm talking to, and we're going to be working next semester. Uh, to so so before I ever got there, he taught. Um, he does these labs, and uh, ha he has his students sort of do. Um, I mean, it seems like it'd take more than an hour, but I guess if you're a computer science major, it will take you an hour. Uh, he has his students come in and they write their own. Um, you know, you can buy uh, pre pre uh, pre coded uh, sort of software things, but he just has his students like write their own like author attribution software. Um, I mean, I'm more or less familiar with the way it works, but you know, again, I'm not, I'm not like a computer scientist or anything. Um, but that stuff is pretty fun. We actually, we actually use that to look at like stylistic sort of things, not necessarily author attribution stuff. Um, but I mean, for example, Henry Kuttner 
is a really weird writer. He's sort of you know all over the place. Um, but if you take, and it's, you know, I sort of knowing he's he's sort of most associated with weird tales. Um, but then you know he, he's in, in sort of you know other he's uh, kind of all over the place. Um, if you run it through, then then it you know sort of do things like identify that he's most like weird tales. Mo you know most of his stuff is sort of generally weird tales ish. Um, the other one is uh, like topic modeling. It'll find like co co occurring words stuff that occurs together more often than would be um, sort of insignificant or just chance. Um, all right, so, so, so yeah, this is one of them. This Voyant interface, it does sort of the same things. This is more for people to just sort of go and play around and sort of look for stuff and, and search. Um, we have like our own uh, sort of software on, on like, like secure server, or not secure, but um, like server environments that aren't possibly, you know, just some, some other material on there or something. Um, and we play around a lot with that. Um, with the, the 320 magazines, um, over 30 million words. Uh, a lot of it's like garbled, though. A lot of it's you know sort of dirty. Um, so it you know it kind of throws things off. Um, but the ones that are up there now, the 22 magazines that we have finished, and I have eight more they'll be uploading, um, hopefully by the end of the summer. Um, those are completely clean, and uh, so I mean you can just sort of do uh, you know sort of all the way across, and so. Um, that and, and, and also like network, like sort of graphing, like people who, people's names who appear together and um, like publishers, who's this publisher could like, you know, sort of, what is the six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing uh, with, you know, Frank Munsey, uh, by the way, is in the middle all the time. <laughs> we got five minutes, so if there's any other questions. Oh, hey. Are you scanning these in as text files or images? Well, so. If I want to see the page as it appears, can I see it? Or am yeah. I going to see a text file? Um, well, all of them. So, I mean, the idea is to make it available in as many different formats as possible. So, uh, originally it was. Oh, how far back? Well, originally it was a PDF uh, flipbook, the flash thing, um, which there was a question about. I think someone, someone immediately after I did it said, that the noise effect was really just kind of too much, just real. Really, I get, real, okay, well, I think I think they called people. it cheesy or something. Um, but then, and I wasn't really sure about it. I kind of liked it, but I, I wasn't sure. But then so many people liked it, I was like, you know, it's, it's there to stay. Um, so the flipbooks, the PDFs, um, and now there are um, HTML pages and always, Always, these are the favorites. I mean, pe people want to see the actual magazine. Um, so, so this is the flipbook thing. So, so you can you can see them. Are you, is this destructive scanning when you scan a magazine? No. Magazine, or do you have the full page scanner? No, I built my own so that it wouldn't harm the magazine. Yeah, do you have a picture of that um, contraption? It should. This? I mean, it should be there. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty cool lab. So there's a. Um, it it's been a long time since I scanned uh, the magazine myself. So we, I mean, I, there was a lot of stuff that I, I sort of thought should.
probably say something about. Um, and this is one of them. Uh, I think about six months after it started, I mean, I never would have got up to 600 or uh, 320 magazines. About six months after it started, I was contacted by um, what, I guess, as their peer-to-peer, uh, like pulp scan, scan rest, like just sort of guys spread around the world. And, you know, they're like, hey, it's cool what you're doing. We've got all these, you know, like scans, and do you want them? And theirs were so much better than mine. Um, I mean, if, if we could see, I would show you, uh, I think the very first one I did, um, terrible. Uh, you know, again, you, you can sort of like tell by that home page. Uh, I really just wanted to do it. I had no idea um, how to do it. But um, no, I, I, I don't destroy a magazine. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I take great pains to. There's, there's cushions for them and everything. <laughs> I just wanted to endorse the idea of actual page reproduction as opposed to the sucking the text out of it. It's more charming. Uh, right. You, you see the, the layout of it. You see the illustrations, right. too. The original illustrations are wonderful. And even the advertisements, too. Like, I've had a couple people mention that. They like seeing the old advertisements, in addition to the stories themselves. Right. You know. Well, I mean, different formats are, are you know, useful for different things. Um, but I'm sure, I mean, the page image, I mean, that's how it started. It was always, you know, you had, you had to have a page image, sort of not. I was actually thinking about Google Books on the way here um, this morning. Um, I was thinking about, uh, what was it? Google Books is like a vampire. It just like just left the scene of the crime. Um, it's like, it left this desiccated carcass of a book that's like where you sucked all its color out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I wish there could be more. Yeah, I wish that more more magazines. Yeah, um, the what the the obvious hole is like sports pulps. There there are no sports pulps. Um, that's kind of the one that always sort of throws me off. Um, I mean, th there are other holes too, but that that that's like the big one. Um, but the what. In answer to your question, for me to scan a magazine is probably, I think I could do it probably seven hours, um, but that's one magazine. Um, and and, and that's, that's, that's from start to finish. I, I used to time myself just to sort of. Yeah, see, um, I mean, that, that's, it's not that I don't trust my students. It's, um, I'm sort of one of those that, you know, I, I don't, I, I buy two comics and I put one in the bag, never touch it. I, uh, so, so I don't think I would let, um, okay. I mean, I, I actually don't like touching my own magazine, so I, <laughs> the, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I sort of, I'm holding out that it will last forever, you as long as no one touches it. There's an informal project to scan entire runs of pulp magazines. So far they've completed astounding stories Fantastic stories and famous fantastic mysteries. Uh -huh. uh, right now they're working on weird tales. So maybe you know I could put you in touch with those guys. Who, who is? They're that? obviously you know gone crazy with scanning. Uh huh. Who? Now they're doing it as CBR files, which 
<coughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of them, there's a little, I think on the about page and also on the contact page, there's a little, um, maybe the third paragraph down, it lists all the people and uh, the uh, like CBR files, I mean, any, um, anyone who's into comic books, that, that's going to be it. But I, I mean, they send stuff like that. That's fine. One more question? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it seems like at this point your uh, project is focused mostly on English language folks, but it seems like you've gotten a lot of interest from abroad as well. Right. Um, I've actually had people send magazines, and I, I don't know what to do with, it, with them. Like foreign language? French magazines, uh, and there's some Spanish magazines, and I, yeah, I, I kind of, they don't. I mean, whenever I said the British pulps, you know, it's sort of. Um, I mean, I have some of those like early, actually I have the second issue of Hutchinson's and that's enough, you know, the same, but some, some, at least the French one, that's sort of getting into, well, if I just sent you a 1963 paperback with a naked girl on it, here's a pulp magazine and I was like, well, I, I don't really, that doesn't look like, um, because I have no like, context for that, I, I don't know where to place that. Mm. But. Yeah, I guess uh, I was just wondering if, um, I mean, I don't know anything about uh, pulp culture or publications in other countries. I mean, I've seen a few like publications from like maybe like Japan from like 1900 through 1930s or something like that. And they're mm. quite different than what we would consider pulp. But I was wondering if there might be pulp traditions in European countries like Spain, France, Germany, Netherlands, or further afield, Turkey, something like that, that you guys may be aware of? I mean, the only thing I know is fairly recently I've been reading up on, um, uh, for, a, for a talk I'm actually giving at the anime convention that's being hosted here tomorrow, um, about, the, uh, about Lovecraft appearing in anime, his influence in anime and, and manga and everything. And there were, uh, his stories started being uh, reprinted, or rather translated and printed in uh, Japanese science fiction magazines in the 1940s. Um, so I've been looking into that. I don't know if that's anything, you know, but they're definitely out there, you yeah. um, know. I mean, my first thought was uh, probably a um, consequence of just being uh, like an English major, um, sort of kind of trained to not look at other languages and other cultures. Um, <laughs> but the, I mean, some, some that I'm really interested in, and actually a couple of years ago, I, I, I bought a, a bunch of them and they never arrived, um, which I just now thought of that. I didn't pay very much for, for them. But Street and Smith had, um, and, and I actually collect, whenever I come across on the internet, anything that's uh, a, um, sports uh, story magazine with a, uh, you know, a, a Australian uh, price tag on it, you know, I, I collect those. Um, but mostly it's just uh, foreign editions of American publishers, Street and Smith particularly, there, there are a lot of those. I have pictures of uh, newsstands too, I, I collect newsstands and I, I blow them up and I look like what, what month is that? Um, and I, I, I found some really good stuff, I found, uh, you know, Fight, uh, magazine uh, in London, and the uh, I, mean, I I have 
newsstand photos from 1920s, 1930s, 1940s from Greece, Egypt, um, what, I mean, you know, English-speaking countries, uh, Paris, uh, and, and, and you can, you know, you can see that, that you know, June 1928 issue of, uh, you know, Wonder Stories up in the corner if you blow it up. And uh, so, so, I mean, you know, they were out there. I'm sure, uh, you know, other countries had theirs, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, other than, like I said, the kind of the Japanese uh, versions I've been looking at recently. Um, but I have seen, uh, I want to say that Muncie had a uh, publishing arm in France uh, for his newspapers, but I also think some of his magazines were published in uh, original French language over there, too. Um, and that's, there's my exist. Um, well, I don't think you can, I don't know about, well, it just shows that first one. Uh, so, so these tables of contents, um, they have the, the addresses, like we were collecting all the addresses. That's, that's something else that I'm really interested in. Um, and, and I think Muncie has, he has a London and a Paris address right. on all of them. Uh, and, and at one point, like, I mean, I'm, I'm always like really fascinated by those. Well, so for a couple of years, he then has an office somewhere else, but then he doesn't anymore, like it disappeared. So I guess that didn't work out for him. Um, I'm thinking it was like Amsterdam or something, but it, some, some other, Place that it just like it's like a blip and then it goes away. At least for science fiction, Mike Ashley's history of the science fiction magazine mm -hmm. includes um, other countries and goes through their magazines. I know Sweden and Germany both were right. fairly active in science fiction magazines early on. He 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 he's actually the first person I contacted because um, you know something like this you sort of need you know need need a, a like advisory board. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Mike Ashley, uh, and and I have that book. And my um, my my class at Dickinson uh, is uh, science fiction, early science fiction in the magazines, and that's that's the one textbook. And then the rest are the magazines on, on the site. Um, but yeah, he, he he's actually he's actually the reason why I did that. Whenever I said uh, you know the British uh, pulps, because in um, British uh, what is it? British fiction, fiction magazine, the big book, the, uh, the British library book, um, British fiction magazines. He refers to Hutchinson's as a pulp, but then when we were talking, he said, no, that's not a pulp. And you don't, you don't you know, correct Mike Ashley. <laughs> so I was always wondering, well, is it, or like you said it was? And, um, I understand now that he, um, I sort of, you know, what he means, um, but the, yeah, I mean, Swedish and stuff. And I mean, that'd be interesting. One thing about that, um, the OCR stuff, like other languages, it just like goes, go, yeah, it like blips. The uh, dealer's room's open for another half an hour, and to let you know that programming starts again at seven. And I am sure you'll be willing to answer more questions uh, after it's over. But I appreciate everybody coming in, and I, I hate doing that, but I just I've got to get the door. Locked. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> You've been listening to a Pulp Event Podcast, brought to you by the Pulp Net, when your next adventure was just a dime away. Please visit us online at thepulp.net. Thank you for listening, and keep reading the pulps.